Welcome to the audio podcast of The Father's House. We hope and pray you are both challenged and encouraged by this time in the Word. Come on, I want to welcome you today. Uh, This is a unique service. If you're visiting with us today, we are in a very momentous day. It's our very first day as The Father's House. Come on, somebody. We have had about 90% of our church begging for seven years to change our name. Uh, but we are now the Father's house, praise God. Uh, but you know, that, that name came from a place of love for the city. Yeah. And so as we transition that name out today, I want you to say that God named our church for seven years to lay a foundation to be a non-religious, Christ-following church, amen? But today we're, we're converting, we're changing and stepping into a new season as a Father's house. A place where we can follow Jesus, a place where we can see discipleship, amen. A place where, you know, one of the prophetic words that came over Andrew and Brittany was a parenting anointing. I thought that was fascinating. It just hit me just now. And here we are in the Father's house, and there's a grace for parenting people. Come on, amen. What we're going to do today is we're just going to stay in an atmosphere of worship. Pastor James is just going to kind of hang with me here and the team. We're going to do some ministry over our, our new lead pastors here in a moment. And what I want to do before I do that, I just want to uh, share something that God put on my heart early this morning for these these guys. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have uh, you guys come up. Come on, let's put our hands together for Andrew and Brittany. Come on, why don't you sit? Come on, why don't you stand your feet real quick? I know I already had you stand up, but come on, let's put our hands together for Andrew and Brittany. I don't want you to know now, Brittany hates the stage. You can sit down. Brittany hates the stage. She hates talking in a mic. So give her a break, okay? Let's just all tell Brittany she's going to be okay. Come on, say, Brittany, you're going to be okay. So she hates being on the stage, but we're going to believe that today there's going to be a supernatural switch in her. And this stage will be your... I can just see Brittany preaching from the stage, amen? She's like, shut up. I can just see her prophesying from the stage. Come on, her mom and dad are here today, and they're thinking, come on, Ryan, I'm with you, praying and believing for a miracle in Jesus' name. But come on, I want to share a few things with you guys this morning. Come on, this is my wife and I's last day as the lead pastors of Love City Church, and it has been a tremendous honor to be your pastor. Uh, we've seen people's lives transformed and changed over the years, and uh, about you know seven years ago, actually longer, eight years ago, Andrew and Britt decided to join uh, a church that we were a part of, and uh, they were nominal, you know? They came every now and then. <laughs> And uh, I think they followed Christ, but there was just some stuff. You know, in all of our lives, amen, there's stuff. And God started these guys on a journey, and Andrew and I have been meeting together for, what are you doing? <laughs> um, Andrew, and, Andrew, and, uh, Andrew and I began to meet, uh, uh, was it every morning? No, every morning. No, no it was once a week. Twice a week. It was not once a week, Andrew, it was more. It was twice a week, and we play squash, and we worked out together. We worked out together. Um, it paid off. We would play squash, and we'd work out together. And honestly, that was a season of discipleship. God allowed me to disciple Andrew. He allowed him to be like a Timothy in my life. And I began to encourage Andrew and encourage Brittany. And honestly, only by the grace of God, you all know that no man is great other than Jesus. Amen. 
but he would allow Steph and I to be a part of their lives and be a part of their marriage relationship and their finances. And, and little did we know that that was a mentoring process for Andrew and Brittany to take over the church. Only God would know such a beautiful thing. I want to share with you something the Lord just put on my heart today. Three things, three thoughts. I'm going to give you three uh, small gifts today. Um, well, four if you include the one from all of us. But I want, to, I want to give you three charges today. Three charges from the Holy Spirit. I'm laying in bed. This morning, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Three clear. Boom, boom, boom. And it doesn't happen very often, but so I believe it's the Lord. The first one is this. Uh, serve. I charge you to serve and shepherd the people. I thought about in the Old Testament when Elijah and Elisha, you all know the story, when Elijah walked up to Elisha and he threw his cloak over his shoulder, right? And as he throws his cloak over his shoulder, it was this passing of the mantle. But in the New Testament, Jesus shows us a different way. Jesus, you can bring that to me, son. Yep. Just the top. Jesus gives us a towel. And what Jesus did was it says in John chapter 13, it says this, that Jesus now showed them the full extent of his love. And you know what he did? He washed their feet. And we know that the washing of this towel, this towel is symbolic of the cross of Jesus Christ. That Jesus came to wash the feet, to serve and to shepherd the people. And so I want you every single time you think about church and you think about what to do, this is a prayer that I pray every day. Every time I'm gonna preach, Lord, help me to love these people like you love these people, to wash their feet like you wash the feet of the disciples. And so my first charge to you today is that, to serve and to shepherd the people. The second one is this, preach the word, Andrew. Come on, in a day and age, how many of you know that many will come with itching ears? The Bible says to be in season and out of season, to preach the word, to correct, to rebuke, and exhort. Amen? For a day will come when those with itching ears, they will bring on teachers to say what they want to say. And it says, but you keep your head. Amen? Come on, you can bring me that next thing. I got you this gift. This one I'm super excited about. Come on, this is a brand new Moleskine journal, a Moleskine, whatever you want to call. It's the only way to go in the area of journaling. But many years ago, Andrew, and Andrew, one of the things I gave Andrew was, Andrew, you need to start to journal. And now you should see Andrew. If you hang out with Andrew, he's got a journal with him everywhere. He's writing down random things. I'm like, Andrew, why are you writing down this? He's like, I don't know. I might need it later. It's like, I'm literally giving you directions to the, to the restaurant. He's like, I might need it. But I gave him a Moleskine journal because Moleskine's the best. Praise God. Shout out. Uh, because, you know, sometimes you, where did the book of Psalms come from? That was David journaling. This is all he was doing is just journaling. And so Andrew began to journal and I gave Brittany one of her, uh, she've had a Bible before, but we gave Brittany a Bible when she first started reading her Bible again several years ago. And our, for her first Bible, I believe that she began to devour and rip apart. And so today, Andrew, I wanna give you a preaching Bible. Every seven years, I get a new Bible and I get a Bible to preach from. It's just, a, in, you know what it is? It's very large print. <laughs> so that I can see it when I'm preaching. But this is a great Bible. It's an NIV translation. Um, and it's, a, it's, it's an amazing book. And so I want to give you this. It's an amazing book. Have you read it? <laughs> so I want to give you this today as a gift from me to you uh, to I believe that God's given me an anointing to preach the word. And I believe that same anointing is going to be on you. And here, here is the third, her, third charge. So my first charge, Andrew and Brittany, and is to serve and shepherd the people. Second, Andrew, preach the word. And thirdly is this. I need you to stir up the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, Timothy was told to not have a spirit of what? Timidity and fear. Instead, you will have the anointing or the gifting of love, the gifting and the anointing of, of power 
and the gifting and anointing of discipline. And this is what he says, stir up the gift that was given to you by the laying on of hands of elders, stir it up. Now, often when we read that scripture, which I think is true, it's talking about the pastoral gift. And today we're gonna prophesy over you and uh, Andrew or, or Ryan and Julie and Steph and I as elders of the church are gonna pray over you and prophesy over you. And, but there's something more to that. I believe it. We talked about this on Tuesday. I believe that the gifts that you should earnestly stir up are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe that you guys need to speak in tongues like never before. Now, if you're here today and say, I don't believe in tongues, this probably isn't a good church for you. We don't do it on the stage. We don't do it from the mic because we believe that Paul tells us to prophesy instead, but we do believe in a supernatural spiritual gift of tongues, amen? It's a personal gift that we have to pray things that only Jesus knows, only the Holy Spirit knows. And so I wanna encourage you today. Remember what happened when the, in the book of Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit came down and it was the only thing that gave Paul, or I'm sorry, Peter, the ability to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ was the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we anoint, here's my third gift to you today. Can you bring that last thing for me, please? Yeah. I, I actually didn't buy this. The church bought this one. This is uh, the, anoint, the, the representation of the anointing of God. Now, there's nothing special about this extra virgin olive oil that we bought from Great Value, Best Buy, or whatever. Not Best Buy. <laughs> Best Buy selling olive oil now. It's a new market. But this represents, uh, in the Bible, a special anointing. It's a touch of the Holy Spirit. You know, some theologians believe that when they anointed people with oil in the Bible, it would highlight the individual to the Lord. It was like, it's like a painting of the cross on their head. The Lord, this person, that's why the Bible says, when you're sick, bring the sick people to the church and the elders will what? Anoint you with oil. Why? Theologians believe, scholars believe that when you do that, it's like saying, Lord, I'm highlighting this person for a special anointing. We also know what happened when David, when he was anointed, he was the most unlikely of candidates. He was the one who no one thought should be the king of Israel. And they, oh, you think I'm gonna do it? Poured this oil, Bassi actually asked me to do this. Poured the oil over his head. He came in a boy and he left a king. And today we're gonna believe that as we anoint Andrew and Brittany, this is what's gonna happen. They came in as a boy and girl and they're gonna leave as a king and queen. They came in today as average normal people and we all got problems, but they left today with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and that whatever portion the Lord's given my wife and I, they will receive a double portion. Do you believe that church? So come on, I wanna ask Ryan and Julie to join me up here and Stephanie as well. I've also asked all of our leaders, I think there's a few of you sitting in here today, but mainly our main leaders here, our department leads, uh, we're gonna just minister over them. And what I'm gonna do today is I'm gonna anoint them with oil. And I, Ryan, maybe grab some of that oil there. Uh, and we're gonna anoint them with oil today. And we believe that there's gonna be a supernatural, a supernatural transference of an anointing from my wife and I to Andrew and Brittany, amen, church? And so I want you to hang with me for a few moments. Uh, maybe you're not familiar with this, but this is called prophetic ministry. In the Bible, it's called presbyterio. And what it means is, is that whenever we set down people, the Bible teaches that all throughout scripture, whenever they were gonna send someone out or set someone in, they would lay their hands on them, they would pray for them, and they would prophesy over them. And so what we're gonna do for a few moments is different ones are just gonna give th thoughts that the Lord gave them. And we're gonna pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will be upon them and that gift of the Holy Spirit will rest upon them, not only by evidence of speaking in tongues, but also that the God has given you this call.
you're called for such a time as this. Amen, church? Come on, why don't you extend your hands towards Andrew and Brittany today? Come on, and leaders, you're, you're welcome to stand up and come up here if you want and extend your hands, but come on, in the name of Jesus right now, and somebody maybe take some pictures too. That'd be helpful as well. Thank you. Come on, Holy Spirit, right now, we ask you to come. Lord, this day was written in your book many years ago. We believe that, Father, this is not by happenstance or not by human reasoning, but this is by the call and the destiny of God. And so we take this moment today, Holy Spirit, first and foremost, to say, Jesus, will you be glorified through this moment? This isn't about a man and a woman. This is about a, a king, and his name is Jesus. So, Lord, as I lay my hands upon them today, Holy Spirit, I pray that there would be a transference of the anointing power of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We even prophesy right now the gift of the Holy Spirit, the pastoral gifting, the apostolic anointing, the gift of an evangelist. We declare even right now that the anointing of God will rest upon their lives. We pray over them right now. We say, Holy Spirit, will you fill them with supernatural power? Will you fill them with supernatural wisdom? Will you fill them with supernatural understanding? And we declare that they've been called for such a time as this, that even when you were in your mother's womb, says the Lord, I called you for such a time as this. Even all the things that were going on around you and all the battles that you fought with, I called you for such a time as this. And I anoint you this day for this task, says the Lord. I anoint you to shepherd the people. I anoint you to preach the word. I anoint you with an anointing from the Holy Spirit. And even right now, I call fear to go in the name of Jesus. We cast out all yes, fear. Jesus, yeah. We cast out all anxiety. Yeah. And we cast out all concern. And we declare in the name of Jesus Christ that this couple will serve the Lord and they will cause many to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yes, Jesus. I even pray even right now. I just believe, Andrew, I just saw this picture of you praying and Brittany, you guys praying, and I believe there's gonna be a physical healing anointing upon this church. Yes, I believe that as you begin to pray and prophesy over people and as you share the word of God and as you evangelize, I believe many lost people are gonna come to Jesus Christ, but I believe that you're gonna pray for them and they're gonna be physically healed. I see people coming out of wheelchairs and people walking. Come on, there's people in this room right now. They're gonna be healed by your hands, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we pray for strategy right now. We pray for strategy, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I even pray right now that you would remind them that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. That from this moment forward, there would be peace. From this moment forward, they would sense the power of the Holy Spirit. But I pray for Brittany right now. Would you fill her with the power of the Holy Spirit? Not a spirit of fear or timidity, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And that this would be a day of turning for her father. That today would be a day where the authority of God, the, the authority of Deborah would rest upon her. And she would know today that, Father, it's not by mind, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord. God, we just pray for the links today. Uh, it's also a day that um, actually a weight is put on you and a responsibility. The word says that um, the elders, the pastors of the church will have to stand before God and give an account for those that they oversee, God. But thank you that you do not leave us alone, that you don't place a burden on us that, that we can't uh, um, handle, God. And Jesus, you said your burden is light. 
and your yoke is easy and that you are there with us. So we ask for um, uh, just the uh, abundant uh, anointing of the Holy Spirit to go along with that responsibility in the church. And I just wanted to remind the church that God has placed that responsibility on them. Yes. And just to, um, and I'll do it as an example. I submit to you guys as our pastors. Yeah, good. And I, um, I honor you and I respect you and give you uh, the honor that you deserve as our pastors. Um, and we just pray, God, that you would uh, continue to lead them and guide them. And they know that they can't do this on their own. <laughs> and that's the amazing thing about uh, your, holy, your help, Holy Spirit. You're the helper, God. So we just ask for overflowing anointing of the Spirit as they do something that they are incapable of doing without you, God. And we just thank you for your goodness and thank you that your hand is on us. It's so clear to everyone around us, God. And we just uh, are so thankful for this day uh, that they become our pastors. As I was praying for you guys this week and just crying out to the Lord for you guys, I felt the Lord put Philippians 1 verse 6 on my heart for you. And it says, for he who began a good work and you will be faithful to complete it. And I felt the Lord say, it was not your choice to choose this today. It was I that put the desire in your heart to say yes. It was I who planted the seeds in your heart. It was I who called you forth. And so because I have called you, I will be faithful, says the Lord, to complete the work that I have started. He started it. He who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. And so we thank you for that, Lord God that it is not by their own doing, it is not by their own strength, but it is by your spirit, says the Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, that when they step out in this, Lord God, it is not according to their own abilities or according to their own strength, but it's you, Lord God. And in Psalms 121, we're reminded, it says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. Come on, Andrew and Brittany. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. And so I declare that over you guys. That, excuse me. You can sleep at night. You can rest at night because he's up. He doesn't slumber or sleep, but you guys get to sleep and slumber and that he is working. And so we just declare that, Lord God, that I pray for a rest upon them, oh God, as they take on this heavy burden, Lord God, that, that you would give sleep to those and rest to those you love. So I declare a rest upon them, Lord God, that they would find moments of, with you, Lord God, that they would sleep so well, that their children would be protected, that they would have a just a, 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 just a safeguard around their home and their marriage or God as they step into this that no weapon formed against them will prosper we declare Lord Jesus that your angels would encamp around them Lord God that your angels encamp around those who fear you and I know they fear you oh God so I declare that you would protect them that you would guard them Lord God and that as you don't slumber and sleep I pray that they would be yes, able to Lord. knowing that you are in control that you're working it out that you're doing what you do Lord God and they just get to be obedient and have hearts that say yes and so we declare that we we thank you for their yes that you have placed within them and we thank you that you're going to be faithful to complete it in Jesus name
I was praying for you guys yesterday is God highlighted the scripture in Titus 3 for me as a picture of where you guys have come from. And I think it's gonna be a picture of people that are gonna come. Once we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled, we became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil, envy, and we hate each other, but <laughs> it's better. <laughs> when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth, new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of his grace, he has made us right in his sight and gave us a confidence that we will inherit eternal life. And I just feel like I wanna pray that over you guys, that you will have a confidence as you preach, God. And Brittany too, a confidence as you go about your day-to-day lives, Lord Jesus. A confidence as you speak to those that are new in the church and those that are lost and hungry like you once were, that you would not forget where you came from, but you would remember the call of God on your life. And I also just wanna pray, I'm just gonna put my eyes over your hands for your vision, Andrew. That your vision, not your natural eyes, but your spiritual vision. I pray that this man would have visions and dreams that he would see more clearly, God, even more clearly than he has in the past for Brittany's vision as well. I pray vision over these two that they would they would just see in the spiritual realm, God, that you would pull back the curtain and that they would just see more clearly than they ever have. Lord, the veil would be lifted from their eyes and they would just know and see and they see a person, they would they would be highlighted to them and they would they would know exactly what to pray for and, and how to minister yes, to them and how to pastor them yes. and how to how to just move in their life like they have uh, had you move in their lives. As I prayed for you, I heard the Lord kept telling me, remember David. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, David was not perfect. But David sought after me with his whole heart. I heard the Lord say to me that he's not a perfect man, but I chose him. I chose him. I have prepared him for a time like this. I had called him and formed him from his mother's womb. I heard the Lord say to me that his heart is after me. I heard the Lord say to me that I have called him and I have equipped him. I heard the Lord say to me, do not worry about those that don't like you. Be concerned with those that love you. I hear the Lord say to me that the host of heaven is on your side. I hear the Lord say to me that you think you have fought battles, but there are more battles. But just like David never lost one, you will not lose one. I hear the Lord say to me, do not depend on old strategies. Just like David, before every battle, seek me. I hear the Lord say, I am raising you to a place of intimacy. I am raising you to a place that I will talk to you as friend to friend. Just like I was with Moses. Just like I spoke with Moses as friend to friend. That's what I'm calling you into. I hear the Lord say that even when Moses passed on, I was with Joshua. And so I will be with you. And nobody would withstand you. I hear the Lord say, do not worry about those kids. 
I am not their grandfather. I am their father. I have gone before you. I will minister to them. I would love them. I would teach them. I hear the Lord say, fear not. I hear the Lord say, you did not want this. I called you. And because of your humble heart, I would use you for my glory. I hear the Lord say, the foundation has been laid. There is work to be done. But because of my spirit, I give you ease of authority. I hear the Lord say like David, the troops that you rally are not excellent people. The troops that you rally are not good looking people. But there will be mighty men of valor as you trust me, as you shepherd them, as you pour into their hearts, they will become mighty men. And for my daughter, your humility. Oh, I have raised you because I raised those that are humble. I have given you ease, ease to be a woman of God, ease to be a Deborah, ease to speak my word, ease to tarry with me. Oh, open up and the Holy Spirit will pour forth His might and His power and you will begin to open up your mouth and I will feel you. I will give you songs in your prayer. All songs that you just sing. Yes, they will not be good tunes, but there will be songs of the Spirit. You will fight these battles with songs. Oh, you just smile. And oh, I love you. The Lord just wants to tell you how much He loves you. The Lord just wants to tell you, I am with you. And again, I submit to you as my pastors. So shall many submit to you. Come on. I'm just going to end with a final prayer here today. Would you stand to your feet with me today? Extend your hands. Come on, Holy Spirit. We join together in unity. Come on, would you extend your hands towards your pastors today? Come on, every hand towards them. Come on, in the name of Jesus, Lord. We pray, Lord, supernatural unity in this place. Lord, where there is unity, Lord, you command a blessing. We declare today, Father, that as these people today extend their hands towards their pastor, And as those around them, Lord, extend their hands towards their pastor, we declare today, Father, that, Lord, you've done good. The Lord, this is good. This season is good. The future is good. Not just good, Lord, it's great. We declare, Father, that the best days are yet to come. We declare a harvest, Father, in this house. We declare multiple services in this house, God. Salvation of the lost in this house. Disciples, restored marriages, addicts restored, bodies healed. We declare today, God, that this is the beginning, Father, of a wave of the Holy Spirit upon this church. And we say, Father, today we submit, Lord, to your word. And Lord, we also, Father, today say, we say yes to our new leaders, God. Say yes, Lord, we are here today to build a life-giving, healthy church for generations to come. 
And Lord, we love you with all of our hearts today. We set them in as the pastors of the Father's house. Come on, in Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for them. Come on, church, sing it out. Holy to the King of Kings. Come on. you can take your seats. I want to introduce to you, sounds like I'm at a wedding for the very first time. Come on, Pastor Andrew, the pastor of the Father's house. Wow, good morning. I got to bring up all my new swag. (laughs) This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, here we are. It's so good to be with you today. Thank you, band. What an amazing job. Can we give it up for the worship team today? So good to be in the presence of God in worship with all of you today. And I'm excited to uh, just share a, a little bit with you uh, today. I know we have an extended uh, time of worship there, so uh, we won't, I won't go too long. <laughs> Don't worry. But... Uh, uh, first of all, I just want to uh, say thank you, you know, to all of you for, for being here today and, and those that are visiting and, and, and to the whole church. Uh, Pastor Ryan shared a few days ago, and I think this analogy works really well, is that it, it truly is the changing of the guard for a generational church. Uh, we're the same army, same unity. We're on the same team. It's just simply passing the baton, the shift from one to the other. Um, First of all, I just want to start today uh, and, and especially uh, honor Ryan and Steph uh, Iverson, our pastors, for the last nearly seven years. Uh, you guys have uh, sacrificed really your whole lives in your family for Ezra and Brea, the countless nights, you know, from starting out the church in your living room with <laughs> a dozen people who were, <laughs> I don't know if any of us were Christians at the time. We sure thought we were. <laughs> I, was I was not. You're going to hear a little bit of that, but, uh, but you guys uh, sacrificed so much um, of your family and uh, invested so much of your lives. And to consider where we've come as a church, as a body of Christ, as a, a local healthy church from a dozen people in a living room, um, you know, almost seven years ago to, you know, a full room of people today is, is pretty awesome. So uh, thank you guys for um, your investment and for, um, 
everything that you guys have done. And it's an honor for us to be able to send you now as part of the Father's house. So this wasn't your choice. We're sending you. It's my first task as the lead pastor is uh, we're going to send you to California. There are worse places to go. So. so come on, can we just take a moment and can we honor our founding pastors, Ryan and Stephanie in the house today? You know, throughout this transition, I've received a, a lot of um, wisdom and counsel from other pastors and uh, former elders of our church, Pastor Daryl, Pastor Brett, and uh, pastors, uh, Pastor Dave and Pastor Mark and uh, Central Campus, uh, the Father's House. And, um, and they all had just such great wisdom and advice for our church in this season, in this transition. And the one thing that was repeated through all of them was the importance of uh, ensuring that we honor and bless the Iversons uh, as they transition. And now how many know the best way to say I love you is with cash? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? You know, if you get an envelope at Christmas time and it's pretty thick, you're just like, oh Lord, you see me, you hear me. <laughs> so come on, uh, uh, I, I just want to take a, a, a minute and there was a, a line that Pastor Daryl shared with me, a, 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 one of the founding elders of our church. And he said to me, he said, Andrew, he said, ensure that you bless the Iversons with a gift, a financial gift that is congruent with the impact that they've made in this church. Congruent with the impact that they're leaving behind in our lives. And I thought to myself, well, this is an impossible task. Yeah. My first job is <laughs> the lead and I'm failing miserably because how could we possibly come close to honoring you with a financial amount that would compensate in any way? And now I know they're not in it for the money. Uh, obviously, pastoring <laughs> isn't about that. But this is uh, an opportunity for us as a, as a church to, um, you know, to show our love. If you think about it, What's the going cost these days for a saved marriage or for addiction to be cutting off, you know, off your life or the uh, thousands of dollars in counseling sessions that, the, that through the Holy Spirit, God will do through people in like a minute. So um, now hear my heart, you know, it's, it, God works through people. All glory goes to God, but God uses people. The ecclesia, church in the Greek, is the called out and called together. God works through broken, messed up people, and he's certainly done that through the Irison family. So as your uh, new lead pastor, my encouragement to you, uh, this is for those of you that, if you're visiting today, hey, that's awesome, we love you. This is for those of you that are, have been a, a part of this church and your life has been impacted. And I want you to just consider over this next week as we take some time to prepare a financial love offering for the Iversons to consider the impact and consider that, word, that line. And, uh, that what is the impact that is congruent, a financial amount that is congruent with the impact that the Iversons have had in your lives? And I just want to encourage you, and we can put the slide up. Oh, there it is there. Can you guys see that okay? Okay, there's a couple of ways that you can do this online uh, on the app and then also on the website as well. And you can do uh, a donation or a, uh, an offering uh, in uh, physical outside in the lobby. Um, just to 
let you guys know as well, this, this isn't an offering. So this is above and beyond the tithe. The first fruits belong to the Lord. So this is an offering uh, above and beyond that for those of you that are a part of the church. And, um, and I believe that there will be a supernatural blessing attached to how we bless the Iversons as they leave, as we bless their socks off with this financial gift. So I would encourage you to consider that over this next week, uh, to pray about it, um, you share it with your spouse and your family, and really just take this time to consider um, the impact that this church has had in your life, and let's bless them as they go. So you can do that by next Sunday. We want to be able to spend that with you guys. So. Uh, you can consider that. If you have any questions, please feel free to let me know as well. Um, the reason Brittany and I are even here today is because the Irons made a decision to plant a church. Our church or our lives have been absolutely transformed by the local church. Amen. It was because of their decision that we're even here today. Now, you might have seen some of the new lobbies as we've, as we've launched the Father's House uh, today. We have uh, a whole bunch of new signs. All our new values are posted throughout the church. And this first one, I just want to shed a little bit of light on that it, it's the reason we're here today is that the church is a big deal to God and it's a big deal to us. We will invest our lives to help build the local church. Now, all of the values that you see out in the lobby, we live out as a church. And we live out personally in our lives because we, as the people called out, called together, are the church. So each value you see in that lobby and up on the screen today, as there's a few kind of sprinkled in throughout my uh, message, is intrinsically tied to who we are as people because we are intrinsically a part of the church. We've had the privilege of being a part of an amazing, healthy, local church. There's a lot of not great churches out there, let me just say. Uh, but we have had uh, uh, just an, an awesome uh, experience to be a part of a healthy, growing church that is full of love, led by Ryan and Steph. I remember when we first came to the church, uh, our son was, was one and our daughter was about three years old. And uh, as Ryan mentioned, we were uh, what I like to call uh, nominal Christians. We were checking the box, kind of coming in here and there, maybe uh, every other week or a couple times a month. And we'd hear a, a nice message and then we'd leave Sunday afternoon, get some lunch on the way home and go back to living however we felt was the best way, following our hearts the rest of the, the week. We hadn't actually surrendered our life to Jesus Christ. Now, it was through coming to the church that we started to experience God for the first time in our lives in a real and authentic way. And there's been a, a grace upon our church, and there will continue to be, that the presence of God is a priority in this house. That unless the Holy Spirit goes before us, we won't go. We need God. This is not a, a Christian country club. This isn't just a hangout. You know, this is a place, it's a hospital for sin-sick people. People who are coming into the house and thinking, I wonder if God's in there because I don't know what else to do. Hopeless people. And the church, God's church, will give them hope. This body of Christ will give them hope. Now we started to 
experience the presence of God. I remember one pursue night, a prayer night that we had at the Iversons' house early on. And uh, I, I never used to be a hand raiser. Any other uh, no hand raisers in the house today? <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I just remember starting to Ooh, lift my hands a little bit and worship. And I was like, this is so awkward. There's people all around, but they're doing it. Okay, I'll get a little higher and a little higher. You know, and as I did, I just remember feeling the presence of God so strongly in my life. I, I have a picture in my mind. I remember Bassie was praying behind me. She was speaking in tongues. And all of a sudden, I just remember just being like overcome by the peace of God in my life. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is real. I was experiencing the reality of God that I had never really encountered in that way in my life before because it was just about attending and thinking that there was this kind of this Christian experience. And so we just started showing up. We just kept showing up to the church. We showed up to every pursue night, basically everything that Pastor Ryan would let me come to. We were there every Sunday morning to hear the word of God and uh, through a, uh, a process, we were, uh, we were water baptized at the first year anniversary of the church. And um, that's when things really shifted in my life, when, when things became very real. There's something supernatural about the powers of, supernatural power of water baptism. Again, there's nothing special about the water. Same with the oil, nothing special about the oil. It's from Walmart. I think the w water we get from the shower in the back but it's powerful when it's mixed with the faith of believers. And I went through the waters of baptism uh, with kind of uncertainty as to what my future would look like. We were in a, a, a dark place, candidly, in our, our marriage. I was an alcoholic. I was addicted to pornography. I was far from God. And here I was showing up in church. Here I was experiencing the presence of God. As a sinner, the word says that while Christ died for us, while we were still sinners. So it took me getting to my lowest point to recognize how much I needed God. There was nowhere else that I could go but to him. And as we kept showing up and eventually we were encouraged by my sister Bassie to be water baptized as children of the Lord. <laughs> then something shifted that night and I remember uh, over the next weeks, going back to, to drinking, thinking that I can control it in some manner. And then I remember reading the word of God, reading my Bible, and I was reading 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and it says, uh, drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I thought, oh, crap. <laughs> See, outside, you know, our marriage... From the most part, honestly, it looked okay. It looked good. We had some, you know, beautiful, we do some beautiful young kids and, you know, work was going good. My career was going great and outside it was awesome. But inside it was all falling apart. It was a house of cards because we had no foundation that our life was built upon until coming to this church and experiencing the transformation of a relationship with Jesus. My eyes in that morning were opened to the scriptures. Now, uh, the Lord speaks primarily through his word. We have the scriptures. If you, if you, if you want a prophetic word, read the scriptures. Yes. You'll get a great word. <laughs> and I remember being 
Convicted. Now, this is different than, uh, this isn't condemnation, which brings guilt and shame. Conviction is the Holy Spirit making you aware of sin in your life. That's just the reality of it. So when the Holy Spirit convicted me of sin. Now, if you can handle having two drinks or whatever that is for you, that's great. There's nothing wrong with alcohol. Jesus drank wine. But it was the overconsumption. It was the constant consideration of it in my mind. It was the addiction to it that Jesus was saying, those type of people are divided. They, they can't serve me because they're serving another God, another idol, which for me primarily was alcohol because I could just be stress-free and relaxed and didn't have to think about everything that was going on. So as the Holy Spirit convicted me through his word, I recognized it is better to follow God's word in my life than it is to chase my own selfish ambitions. Because look how that was going. Not great. Can I get an amen, Brittany? (laughs) There's no spiritual fruit in our lives and that the truth of God's word, that's why it's so important to be in the word of God because God will speak to you. He will convict you, but he comforts you as well. He doesn't make you feel condemnation or shame. He'll point out things little by little in your life that says, hey, we need to work on that. You're like, ooh, why did you do that? But as you do, as you give that up and you surrender that to him, he comforts you through that process of change and true repentance as a follower, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So uh, we went on a a, a 21-day prayer and fasting season uh, shortly after being water baptized. And it was that first 21 days. I'm like, okay, give, give up alcohol. It was amazing. Then we went two months and I was like, let's keep going. I love fasting. (laughs) <laughs> three months into it. And then I thought, you know what? I'm just not going to go back. Why would I go back? Because I looked at all the positives in my life. Now, this is my story. You might have something else in your life that maybe you're still going through or you're thinking about. I don't know what that is. I just want to share a little bit about mine today. And, and then the uh, chains of addiction through constantly just showing up and being a part of the gatherings, doing the simple things like reading the word of God and praying together and being prayed for, the chains of addiction were broken off my life. Pornography, alcohol were gone because of Jesus. So yes, the church is a big deal to us. And the church is a big deal to God. This is where people can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is where people come and experience Jesus in worship and the power of the Holy Spirit. So what we do on our Sunday gatherings, in preaching and teaching the word, in our worship times, our kids and our youth that are hanging out all over, our pursuit nights or small groups, our grow nights or just being together for a barbecue, everything that we do is a big deal to God and it's a big deal to us because we know firsthand the results of following Jesus Christ and being a part of his bride, the local church. That's who he's coming back for. He's coming back for his bride, his church, and we all get to play a part of it. Now, I don't know, but consider for a moment, what if? What if there are more Andrews and Britneys out there? What if there are more people called to ministry or 
life change or transformation that are living far from God right now, that are sin sick, that are stuck in addiction, that their marriage is hanging on by a thread, their mental health or their suicidal. Did you know that the power of Jesus changes everything? And when people can come into the house of God and experience that and just start, then there will be radical life change as we continue to follow God, to give people hope and to point to Jesus Christ. That's why the mission of this church, the mission of God's church will never change. Our church, the Father's house, exists so that people far from God will find life in Christ. That's why we're here. The commission, the the command of Jesus. He said, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And remember, I will be with you till the end of the age. That's our mission. And it remains the same as a church forever. The church wasn't built on the Iversons. The church won't be built on the Lings. The church was built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So as we start this new journey together, I want to make you a promise. I want to make you a few promises, actually. Um, my wife and I and our family will always bring our best. We understand as much as one can <laughs> the incredible call that God has for each of us and to live a life that is worthy of our calling as we lead you. We know uh, we're not going to get it all right. <laughs> We've already probably made a bunch of mistakes in this, in this process, uh, and we're going to offend you. So uh, thank you for your patience and your grace as we uh, continue to, to lead and pastor you. Uh, and also, I want to make a, a promise that we will pray for you. Uh, we'll pray for our church. We will intercede for people uh, in your family that don't know Jesus, people that you're praying for. We're going to pray for our group leaders, pray for our department leaders, pray for our church, pray for your families. It's our commitment to you, and I encourage you to do this with us corporately on Wednesday nights as we meet for our pursuit nights. So Wednesday night at 6 to 7 p.m., we get together and we pray. That's like that started in Ryan and Steph's house. There's powerful uh, life change that comes from that, and it's the operation of the Holy Spirit, the spiritual gifts that we do this together. So it's not just me up on a stage. We're not preaching a message. It's people together sharing and praying for one another. Also, we will be led by the Holy Spirit. We will hear from him for our church and for your lives. And sometimes that might be a little bit uncomfortable, but that's going to be for the best. (laughs) I was told to say difficult things with a smile sometimes. You're going to love it. It's going to be great. Uh, We will always focus on making this a place for people to experience the presence of God. His presence must go before us. If, whoa, if we ever allow this to become, and let me just make a statement, there will be no religious spirit in this house. This is a house of freedom, worship. Now, we're not going to get weird. (laughs) 
<laughs> but we worship God. We lift our hands. We shabak. We shout. We kneel. We praise God. And you know what? When I do that, I'm considering how far, what the Lord has done in my life. Where I'd be, I'd be, I don't know where I'd be. I don't even want to think about it without the Lord. So when we release a tehillah, when we sing a song to the Lord, it's because I'm thanking him for the freedom in my life, for the restored marriage, for the freedom from alcohol. So come on, we're going to be a church that praises the Lord together. Pastor Ryan mentioned this one as well, is that our church will remain and continue to be planted in the word of God. God's word, this Bible, God's word is true. All of it. We believe in the full authority and canon of scripture that is inspired by God and it is for us today. This is the foundation and the plumb line for our lives. Pastor Ryan said it. Paul encouraged Timothy to preach the word in and out of season, to correct, to rebuke, and encourage. Correct and rebuke and encourage. So two of the three of those aren't necessarily really exciting. Correction and rebuking. But there's also such encouragement. And you know how it happens? It's not me. It's God's word. It's the Holy Spirit if you will be open and sensitive to the changes that he wants to do in your life and the fruit that he truly wants uh, to birth out of you. So our preaching team, myself, we will preach the word of God. And maybe just one more today is that we're going to have fun. We will enjoy the journey. We're going to laugh hard, loud, and often like we've always done. Because if you consider it, we should be the most joyful people in the city of Calgary. We should be the most joyful people in this province, in this country, in this world. Is there anyone else that believes in salvation in the house today? We're saved. That's good news. The Bible is the good news of Jesus. Let me close with one last thought, and we'll read the scriptures uh, together. I want to read to you Joshua chapter 1 and just point out a couple things that the Lord's been speaking to me. Uh, A little bit of context if you're new to the team. So we're about to go into the promised land here, um, wandering for a bunch of years. Moses was the leader. Now Joshua is leading the people, and they're standing at the precipice about to go into the promised land. Now, it's not a cakewalk. It's not like, oh, just go ahead and go in there. There's still uh, battles to be fought. Uh, before the victory, the possession is to take place. So here they are, they're about to enter the promised land and the Lord's charge to Joshua says this. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. (laughs) Now Moses in our story isn't dead, praise God. Thank you, Lord, for that. He said, therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south, the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them.
be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father's house, wherever we set foot, it will be on land that God has given us. He has gone before us. We will be a strong and courageous people. Three times he reminds Joshua to be strong and courageous. Did I not say be strong and courageous? We'll be a church full of men and women who are strong and courageous in the Lord. He says to obey, be careful to obey the book of instruction, the Bible, God's word that Moses gave you. As a church, we will continually be careful to obey all the instructions in God's word. And lastly, that the Lord is with us wherever we go. That's for us today. Now, later in the story, years later, Joshua is, is passing the, the torch and, and the enemies are defeated and, and Israel has rest and they've taken the land. God says to the Israelites that it wasn't because of the, the swords or the bows that they had that they had taken the land. The Lord told them, he says, I gave you the land. I gave you land you did not work on, plants you didn't plant, vineyards you didn't plant, towns you did not build. You know what I know to be true? That God can do more for us than we can do for ourselves. As we move forward as a church, God has given us the land. We will not need to strive. Is there a participation that God does in our lives? Absolutely. But we don't need to work our tired little fingers to the bone because God has gone before us. There is more in your life for your family that God wants to do. There is more for our church that God wants to do because he has gone ahead of us and he has given us the land. These past seven years is just a start. Where we're at right now is just the beginning. What we've been through as a church, as a people, is just a start. As we continue to show up, watch what God will do in and through our church as we keep him the cornerstone, as we draw people and point people to Christ as he draws them in so that they can experience the transformation and the life change that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is just the start. God has more for our church for our lives not more just for us more for the people that aren't here yet 
expansion so that more drug addicts and people far from God can come into the house of God, experience His presence, and God adds them to the church. As we close today, I want you to just consider what is it that God is calling out of you in this season? What role does He want you to play? From the beginning of time, consider that. From the beginning of time, God has planned for you to be here today, in this season, a part of this church, a part of this transition, wherever you're at in your walk with the Lord. Trust me, <laughs> I came into church, and this is a place, again, where you're far from God, you're in the right place. Because you know what we're going to do? We're going to help you get closer to Him. We're going to point you to Jesus. We don't wait till behavior changes before you belong. You belong before your behavior changes. It's the fruit of a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's an internal before an external. So could you just think for a second, what is it that God is calling you right now? Even just consider right now as you ask him, Lord, what is it that you have for me in this season? What is it you're calling me into? What part do you want me to play as a part of your church, your bride? That, I, that he's coming back for. Whose life could you play that role in, just like my friend Ryan and Steph did, to help change a generation, to help change a family tree, so that people will come and serve the Lord, that people will come and know Jesus Christ. And lastly, what are we waiting for? Time passes like this. I look back on these last seven years and see how little the kids are and how fast they grow and how I don't really age. I'm just so thankful. But why, what are we putting it off for? Why have you been putting it off? What are you waiting for? Allow the Lord to speak to you. Now is the time to say yes not just to me, but to the call that God has for you to be a part of his church, not to be on the sidelines, not to be some just nominal Christians, to be a church that has influence in this city, that there is expansion, not just for us, so more people will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. What part does God want you to play? The truth is life is short. Heaven and hell, eternity is real. And we exist because people matter most. We want more people to go to heaven, to experience eternity with Jesus Christ. People that are far from him right now, to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives, to navigate and be led by God through this life. Because not only is there something coming but there is a life to live right now in Jesus Christ let's be sensitive to what God has to say could you stand with me come on if you have your